Get ready to listen, learn, and earn CE hours. This podcast features content from an accredited CE activity provided by Calibri Healthcare. Visit EliteLearning.com slash podcasts for accreditation and disclosure statements and instructions on how you may be able to earn CE credits. You just got to step out. You got to be bold. You got, but you got to do your homework. You got to find out where it is, where the power lies. You know, I got involved in, in political campaigns, you know, not too much, but, you know, I, they knew I was there. I, I gave, I helped. I became a district leader in my in my party. You know, I did all the things that needed to be. At the same time, I was looking at that intersection with nursing and healthcare. Hello, everyone. My name is Leanna McGuire, and I will be your host for this Elite Learning Podcast series, Distinguished Careers in Nursing. I'm really pleased to introduce you to Dr. Catherine Alicia Georges. She is professor and chairperson of the Department of Nursing at Lehman College. Welcome, Dr. Georges. Thank you for having me, Leanne. Oh, we're thrilled. I'm really thrilled. Uh, there's so much I want to ask you, but the first thing I would love to know from you is what brought you to nursing in the first place? Well, I was born and raised in the United States Virgin Islands, and my okay. godmother was a nurse midwife, oh. and I just thought she was super duper. I mean, she delivered every baby that, that in my generation, and so I thought I would like to be like her. And, um, so I, I said, oh, I'm going to be a nurse midwife. Um, <laughs> not understanding at that time what it takes to be, to become a nurse. So, uh, my, my dad who never went to college, he was the postmaster in the Virgin Islands, however, said, my daughters are going to college. So you have to go to a place where you will get a degree, you know, to be a real nurse, like, you know, my, my godmother was. So. I journeyed. I said, okay, I finished Catholic school in the Virgin Islands and went to Seton Hall. Wow. So was it your OB rotation that made you decide not to be a midwife? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, during the summers when I was at, at, uh, at, at Seton Hall, I, I went home to work. That was part of my, because they paid for my tuition. So I went home to work and Ah, you know, my friends who are my age group who may have stayed out and were having babies, I would be with them. But I didn't quite think I wanted to be a midwife. So, yeah, uh, you know, but but they, the other thing about those nurses in the Virgin Islands is that they were also community health nurses. Do you see? Oh. So the midwives also made, see all, all deliveries were done when I was growing up at home. And then even after you gave birth, they, they, they or another public health nurse, community health nurse, went to see the parent. So right. that, that, that I, said, I think I might like that. You know, I like their uniforms better than white. <laughs> I love that. That's the things that we use to make a decision, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and when you started your career in nursing, did you ever envision it taking the direction that it did? No, I didn't. I, you know, I, I, I've been very transparent. I went to school in the 60s. It was not a great time in the United States. No. And so I didn't see that, you know, never thought about opportunities. I knew I wasn't going back to the Virgin Islands because it was so small, one a little small hospital. And there were so many other people like me who had gone to get bachelor's and master's degrees. 
So I, I decided I would stay, but I never envisioned that I would be where I am. But someplace in the back of my head was this, this nagging piece that my dad and my mom always said, you could be what you, you want to be. You just got to keep trying. You just got to keep trying. It took a long time. Don't let anybody fool you. But, you know, I got where I am. Now I'm ready to retire. <laughs> <laughs> and it went by like that, right? <laughs> Probably yes, it always did. I never thought of it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, kudos to your parents, right? Good for yes. them. That was a great influence. What I'd like to talk to you about is I know that you've done a lot of work around equity and inclusion in nursing and in health in general, right? Um, so can you tell me what inspired you to go in that direction? I'd love to hear about that. Again, it's my experience at Seton Hall. In com- okay. in, in, and again, it was, would you believe it was an OB? It was an OB um, experience. And and I, I don't care. I say it out because we need to keep saying it and remember what happened. What happened, I went to school and I, that we did our experiences in Newark, New Jersey. Back in the 60s, Newark was not the greatest place then either. There were parts that were excellent. Anyway, we went to what was then called Newark City Hospital. They call it Markland Medical Center. It's now the big time hospital, University Hospital of Rutgers University. It was okay. a building that was horrible. They saw the people who were poor were seen in the basement of oh. that building. And the way they treated folks were, were just, it was unacceptable to me. My classmates who I still, we, we are all still in contact today, white women and one black woman who later became a physician. We were, uh, we were all upset with this, all upset. So I swore I'm not going to let any, no, they, they just can't do this. They just can't do that. So fast forward, when I finished, um, you know, school, I went to, um, I came to New York to visiting nurse service of New York. And there I also saw the inequities. I worked in the Bronx and you saw the, the, the babies that were sick in those days, the opioid addicted babies, you saw the poor housing that people were living in, the inability to get the, the resources they needed. And you know what? It just made me more angry, <laughs> but angry with a purpose. Right, right, right. You can't be angry unless you have a purpose to do something about it to, you know, to dissipate your anger. But I, I just knew that this was not going in my watch as long as I could that I wasn't going to let this happen. So I, I became involved in, um, well, at that time, the Black Nurses Association, who on one hand was fighting for equity in, in workforce and to include more Blacks in nursing. So some of my greatest mentors who have now passed, you know, um, and I became part of the Black Nurses in the 71, 1971, because it was just getting started. And, and that was a forum and a, and a place to, to get enough energy to go back to your home to fight. Yeah. And so I, um, but it, it's, it's still, it's, to this day, it still gets to me because see, I've been the victim of that. I've been treated now as a black woman living in the Bronx who happened to be old. And the institutional disparities exist 
I have never been treated so badly as I was back in, in last year. The way they screamed at me without addressing me by name, calling me mommy, deary, you know, those kinds of demeaning things, demeaning things. And I said, man, when is this going to be over? Yeah. Interesting. I was going to ask you that because that was in the sixties when you got fired up about this and rightfully so. And I was going to ask you, um, how far have we come since then? And then you mentioned this story. Like, do you, would you, there have been some, there has been some headway. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Ups and downs. But as we bring new people and we bring other generations into, to the, um, to, to the healthcare workforce. One of the things we, we forget is that the systems, it is so ingrained in the systems that even people who look like me tend to use the same terminology and behave in that way because that's what the system allows and expects. Right. So yes, there've been ups and there've been downs. We have increased the number of folks across the board in the healthcare workforce. We see, I see all my, 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 my former students, you know, um, now who are, are holding top notch positions in the country and, and, and doing great things. And, and so they had the opportunity. Many of us and my, the generation before me paved the way, those women who were my mentors. So it did become better. But in the last few years, it's escalated. It is just, I know it's just not good again. No, exactly. Now I'm assuming, I'm sure rightfully so that you got a lot of resistance throughout, uh, throughout this battle, so to speak through the years. Did you? Yeah, I call them challenges, you know? That's Bumps it. In the road. Bumps That's in the it. road. You either kick them aside, stomp on them, you know, or blow them out the way, something. But yes, I did have a number of those. You know, it was, you know, I, I have to tell you that sometimes I don't feel like I forced myself on, but I spoke up and, and I would, you know, and I tell people, you know, you got to speak up and talk back, Yeah, you know, and when I felt in visiting nurse service that I was as qualified as some of the other people who were getting promoted, I made a noise and I yeah. got promoted a couple of weeks later. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's fantastic. Any particular challenge you'd like to share or? Uh... You know, there have been so many. And, and you know what? I always say to, to folks, there were challenges. And then I, you know, I, I, I said, what did I learn from that? One, sometimes what I've really learned is sometimes you just can't, you just got to shut up. You know, yeah, it's like they do. say the gambler, you learn when to hold and when to fold. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, you just have to. You know, so that I learned about, you know, some of the things I, you know, I guess because I spoke up, I, I really, you know, and I sometimes I alienated people, you know, because they felt and, and even students in faculty and my colleagues would say, oh, you're using race as an issue. I said, it's not that I'm using race. It is a fact. Right. You know who I am the minute you see me. Yeah. That, and there's, yeah. And with it comes all, all the issues that, that surround people like, like that look like me, right. whether you want to believe it or not, but it is what it is. Yeah. And so I've learned to be a little more mellow, you know, and not to be as, 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 as threatening. Some people saw me as threatening and I really didn't threaten anybody. Uh, I'm, I'm nonviolent. I'm scared to be violent, 
I, I was a child of the 60s. So that whole, you know, we marched in silence and we did the nonviolent stuff. And and so I didn't, I'm not, you know, and didn't try to attack. So, but I learned how to use the words and the use what the system has to get the changes. You know, and be assertive. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be inside the chain, the system many times to get a change. Right. You know, it's not like the Wall Street disruptors and they bring in all the external, you know, all the disruptive stakeholders. They use, but they got a reason. They got the money to get inside. Because that's, that's the only way they can disrupt. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's what I see that, you know, to be a good disruptor, which I now have a group I call out my, out myself, it's just me, Good Disruptors <laughs> International. <laughs> But you gotta be inside to disrupt. Yeah, they're not gonna pay any attention if you're outside banging on the door. They're not, they, you know. That's so, true. That's absolutely yeah. true. Um, mm. There's other questions I want. We could talk about this all day. I oh, love this discussion. Yeah, no um, before I move on to a couple of other things that I wanted to ask you, is there any way for uh, the newer generations in the, this profession or any profession, as far as that goes, to get involved? despite their race or gender, if they're, if they're trying to fight this inequity, how do we get involved? Sure. I, and I'll tell you the way I did it and my road to getting involved. I just found out what was going on in the community. And I got that through, I got to give NYU. And I say all the time to NYU goes to credit when I was doing my master's, I took a course in public, in the public school of public administration. And it was about community engagement in what happens in communities. So I found out back in 1971, yeah, back in 1971, at the same time I was becoming part of Black nurses, I wanted to know what was going on in the community because in that class, I, you know, you heard about the city charter, you heard about all the things, who influenced what. So I said, let me find out. Got involved in going to a community board meeting. What a horrendous thing. They didn't (laughs) want to let me in. What? No. They didn't want to let me in. It was the biggest, it was, it was the old boys political club uh, in the Bronx. But the couple of years later, the city charter changed and I applied to be on the board and I stayed on for 20 years. Wow. So it was like, it's that kind of, you know, you know, you just got to step out. You got to be bold, yeah. you got, but you got to do your homework. You got to find out where it is, where the power lies. You know, I got involved in, in political campaigns, you know, not too much, but, you know, I, they knew I was there. I, I gave, I helped. I became a district leader in my, in my party. You know, I did all the things that needed to be. At the same time, I was looking at that intersection with nursing and healthcare. Right. Because I remind people, your street got built because it was a political decision. The hospital you work in is there because of a Political decision. You got to not see politics as bad. Right. But how it can help us and propel us into what we need to be doing as healthcare providers. So I, I say, you know, that's how I got involved. That's how nurses should get involved. Don't keep complaining. Write the letters. I write letters. I, I use email and make sure I send it to the right person. I send an email to the right person right. so they don't dump it. But you got to get involved. You got to get involved. You cannot make change sitting at home watching TV. No, you can't. You're going to have having, you know, I, I'm distressed having two and three jobs because you want to buy a house. You know, that doesn't get you the changes that you need inherent in the system if you truly want to change it. Right. Good. Excellent advice. I love that. 
Okay. I want to know just a little bit more about your career. So of all the varied positions that you've held and all the things you've done throughout your career, has there been a favorite role and why? It's been in academia. Has it? Yeah. Because first I've been there for 47 years. So, and, and so, and, and why? Because I see people like Sandra Lindsay who's receiving the, 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 um, the Presidential Medal, Medal of Freedom, who was my former student. Oh, you know, I wow. See, yes, I see the deans and directors in New York City and across the country. You know, one who, a, a, a graduate who sat in the Montana, of, don't ask me why she left New York and went to Montana, <laughs> but became, um, you know, I saw her years later, when at one point she was one of the highest ranked women in the state wow. of, of, of um, um, Montana, you know, and, and it's those things. Or you see the, the children of your graduates coming in and you hear they're now the, the director of education, the vice president for operations, the chief nursing officer, you know, and you just beam because you knew you had it. Even if it was just a tiny spot, you had a tiny spot in getting them you know, through. So after 47 years, I mean, it's thousands of people, some who don't like me, some who still to this day would like me to have vanished. Don't like, you know, <laughs> that's irrelevant. You know, it comes with the territory, but that's been the best, you know, for me is really working in academia. My, my, my second best was my role as a community health nurse, where one year I took care, this is early on in my career, took care of a, a baby who had spina bifida and then um, looked a couple of years later and saw she was a March of Dimes child for the Bronx. You know, oh. like, hey, you know that's my patient. You that's know, great. Those kinds of things. And, and where you see, you know, where you see nurses who are so heroic as during the pandemic. I mean, you want to talk about, oh, wow. Yeah. Wrote, you know, because I lost some of my graduates to, you know, who, who died during the um, you know, the pandemic and family members of, uh, you know, our graduates. But, but my greatest has been to see what, what the potential and to see it blossom, you know, yeah. in graduates of our program. Yeah. It sounds like your joy is in giving forward. Um, and I love that. And having mm -hmm. known you for just 15 minutes, I would think that it's more than just a tiny influence that you had on those people. <laughs> I'm just going to guess. Some of the students call me a tyrant. You know, I say to them, you want to be the best you can be. Yeah. And that's all we can ask you to be. And sometimes our best is not accepted by externally, you know, for whatever no. the rules and, and archaic rules they have. And, you know, does not mean you're less than. No. But, you know, and, and so even when even when students fail in my department, you know, and I, I really it, it, it hurts me as much as it hurts them. But, you know, you say, well, let's see if there's something else you can do, because not everybody can be a nurse. Like not everybody can be a, a journalist like you. Not everybody can be a lawyer. You know, I mean, people it comes with, you know, and sometimes people say, oh, that's a good career. But it's not that they really want to. Yeah. You know? They yeah. just don't have, you know, I said the accoutrements, the equipment that come. Some of our students in this country never got it in these lousy school systems we have. Yeah. And, and, then, the, and then the public doesn't want to pay to help them to make up for it. 
Yeah. So they, they end up failing, but not because they're not good people. No. It, it, at this point, you can't quite play catch up. Yeah. You're going to try, but, you know, it's going to take a little longer. Now, you spoke just briefly about the pandemic. Just a few more questions before we wrap up. Any words of advice for nurses in the field with boots on the ground right now who are just about at their wits end? Again, they have to speak up. I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm going to say it on every forum I get, I say it. These healthcare systems made out like bandits with the care money in this country and the Rescue Act. The nurses and the frontline people never saw any of that. They are disheartened because they did it because they wanted to do it because they were committed to human caring and didn't want to see people suffer. I'm saying to all nurses, we have got to speak out and say we are not tolerating this. And going to contract services is not the way to solve the problem. It's just a band-aid over festering wound that we have. We have got to make these boards of trustees, you know, accountable to us as workers, as their employees, and to the people in the community. I mean, we got these CEOs making $17 million, and they didn't even give the nurses three or $4,000 from those care money. We got these systems that are just, just, they're combining, they're just, and they, they're not looking at the people who are their frontliners. And we have got to speak out loud and clear because the bottom line is people trust us. Mm-hmm. We're the most trusted profession, and we got to use that. They see us not only as one of my my colleagues, Dr. Rubin, um, you know, um, always says, um, it's not trust, it's trustworthiness. Dr. Rubin Warren writes about trustworthiness. People have to see us as trustworthy, and they do. And that's what we have to tap into to help them. But we can't do it by ourselves. No. We've got to look at collective impact. We got to look, as I said, and I learned from AARP long ago, we got to look for new agents of opportunity. Other people who can help us, journalists like yourself, you know, others who will speak the truth and tell folks and not be intimidated by these, you know, all these machinations that go on in these systems. Excellent answer. Now, one last question, because I've talked about uh, the burnout and yes, speak up. Amen. What about those who are just getting into the profession? Uh, they may be intimidated by what they're seeing and hearing. How do we keep them motivated? And what are some words that you would share with new nurses? New nurses. One, you've got to find, you know, form a bond with the people who are coming in with you. You all have to speak, be on the same page and speak in the same voice. But you also need to go and embrace those who have been working so long, for so long, because they haven't left. See, there's a bunch of folks who have not left. Those are the people you need to tap into, you know, um, because they could leave, but they're still there because they're still committed. If you don't have passion, if you don't feel that you want, then step back out. It's not the profession for you, you know. But if you still believe in caring for people, you make it. You just have to begin to, again, speak up with respect. Know what's going on around you. Don't always come up with all the problems. Come up with ideas, solutions to make it you know, easier. 
not all about us. See, that's one of the things that people say, oh, the nurses only worrying about their salaries. That is not what I say to new nurses. It's not about just you. It's about who you care for. So that's the key I, I say to them. And we just admitted 124. I just, I did eight more students because there's so many people who are qualified, but and want to be there. And that's what we need to. We got a, a new generation of people who want to be there. And we've got to keep nurturing that, facilitating that, doing it when they go into institutions. Institutions have got to pay attention and keep and and work with folks. And, and you know, you don't have to give them lunch. Well, that might help sometimes. But, you know, <laughs> but, good. you know what I mean? You, you, you've got to nurture them. You got to find mentors and it doesn't have to be one mentor, but a, a mentoring system that keeps them moving. Somebody they could call. We found some techniques during the pandemic that we should continue to use, you know, uh, where, where people can call into a hotline and talk to somebody. Oh, so we wow. need to think about that for nursing when somebody gets down, you know, they can call up and say, Oh, I'd like to talk, you know, and Leanne answers the phone and say, Hey, I went through that. Hey, let me tell you how we solved that. You know, those kinds of things that, yes, that yes. nurses should get. Excellent. Thank you so much for that. This has been a joyful 20, 25 minutes with you, I have to say. Well, I could talk to you me. literally all afternoon. <laughs> I could. Do you think you really can fully retire? You talked about oh, I, I will. I will leave a job. I will, you know, I am, I'm in, I'm going on terminal leave. My terminal leave starts August. Um, and I have, I officially retire in, in January of 2023. If I want to come back, the president says, no, no, no. He says, well, you know, Alicia, a terrible, I said, no, no, <laughs> I will. you know, it's 47 years. It's time. Yeah. For that, that's yeah. a long time. But regardless it's of what you do after January, I'm convinced you're going to be a positive influence wherever you go. Oh, I intend to, I told a group, they were honoring me the other night. I said, my job's not done. I just leaving a position and a job, but my job is to make sure people age with dignity and purpose and that we rid and we assure people have, you know, equity in this country, not Excellent. just equity, but justice and equity. Yeah. That's my job. That's till it. the day I die. Till I That's die. it. The job is not done. Yes, not I, done. I hear you. Gotcha. Well, thank you for everything that you've contributed. Your attitude towards things, you're very positive and you're very giving and, uh, and, and you get things done. And I just have really thoroughly enjoyed this. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very we much. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode of Distinguished Careers in Nursing, where we've talked to Dr. Catherine Alicia Georges. And we encourage you to continue learning and shaping your careers by checking out the many courses that we have at EliteLearning.com. Thank you again to everyone for listening. Thank you again, Dr. Georges. This is Leanna McGuire for Elite Learning by Calibri Healthcare. This podcast featured content from an accredited CE activity provided by Calibri Healthcare. Visit EliteLearning.com slash podcasts for accreditation and disclosure statements and instructions on how you may be able to earn CE credits. Take your learning to the next level by subscribing to more podcasts on compelling healthcare topics.